0: Welcome to the No Mongol Podcast, a weekly show about all things skateboarding, and my name is Rick Beta. You can email the show, nomongopodcast at gmail.com, or follow along on social media at Rick Beta. that's R-I-C-K-B-A-T-A. Now let me put on, put on my DJ hat for a second here. Got to queue up some Mark Morrison, return of the Mac, maybe get a couple of scratches back and forth, you know, before we're letting that just record go and spin, okay? Just kind of setting the mood here. So Paul Rodriguez, a.k.a. P-Rod, dropped a new Nike commercial three days ago called What the P-Rod? Yeah, that's what it's called. Did you happen to check it out? It's about 2 minutes, 18 seconds. And it's so nice to see Paul killing it at his age. And when I say his age, I mean at the age of 36. So he's a decade younger than me. So much respect to him and his talents on a board. Good to see him back. He looks healthy and looks great. And I did mention... I it was a commercial, right? Because that's exactly what I felt I was watching. Right from the start, I swear there there must have been some subliminal message in this one, or because maybe the whole two minutes and 18 seconds, I kept fighting the urge to type in Nike SB on another advice and order a pair of shoes or like nine of them. I don't know. Did anyone else feel the same? No, it's just me. Okay, I figured so, but it was it was nice to see some of his trophies, you know, he had on display. In addition, like some personal pics of the family, so it was a very cool uh, moment. You know, two minutes is wasn't much, but it was a good look into his current life. But I did like the nod to the greatest skateboard movie of all time, Thrashing, though. Right around 13 seconds in, you know, so all they all they needed to do was cue up that song. Everybody, it's a good thing. I think it's Devo sings that. I don't know. But, you know, if you've seen Thrash, you know what I'm talking about. But I kept hearing that in my head, you know, that opening scene when, you know, Corey's waking up, getting dressed, you know, getting out of his house. Anyway, go watch Thrash if you haven't seen it. Also, there was plenty of P-Roduct placement during this video. If you get my playing words there, between all the Strobeck-esque close-ups to the different colored shoes and laces. I mean, this was all about Nike and less about Paul Rodriguez. And I was being serious when I mentioned I had to fight the urge to check out the selection at Nike SB and what they currently have. I was, this is a fact. So, quick side note, though. I have yet to skate in any Nike SBs. You know, it's been Vans like poor Vita for me. I've tried out a couple, I think, Etnies. I have other brands of shoes that I just wear them when I'm chilling. But to skate in them, you know, over the years, it's always been Vans. So, but... Even for me to consider checking out what they have to offer is kind of a big deal. So I wanted to just state that, you know, Nike SB. You have my attention, okay? But I had to watch this one multiple times. First time around, just staring at his shoes. Like, they had me locked in. I almost forgot who he skated for for a moment, too. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. He skates for Primitive. Yeah, I know it's Nike as well. But, you know, it was just I was so distracted, you know, just. And I had to do my first pause, rewind moment, about a minute, eight seconds in. It was that nolly cookie grind down the the eight or nine step. There was multiple angles. That is so cool and great to see from someone who tore his ACL, his MCL, his meniscus all at the same time. And to come back and then just do tricks like that. Dude, yes, golf claps. Oh, dude. Very cool. And then he had to go and do a backflip just to rub it in all of our faces, right? Did you see that? He was like, hey, I'm 36. Look at me. Flip. Don't believe me, though? Fast forward to a minute and 48 seconds and see for yourself. Trust me, he did it. I would have loved to have seen a different angle on that one, though, too. Multiple angles for you know the the nollie flip, crooked grind. But also I want to see multiple angles for his backflip because it was way too close for comfort. I mean, it looked like a spinning load of laundry. <laughs> for, for a second, there, you know, zoom out, you know, zoom out, camera person, zoom out, or at least maybe take three steps back and then refocus. I wanted to see that backflip in its full glory, damn it, and it didn't happen. So, I am that's one bad thing about this video. But, how about that ender, though? Classic P Rod, classic Paul Rodriguez that was proper and down on 11 stair, like normal. That's like larger than normal steps too dude put his like mcl and acl to the test on that one and i kept thinking you know you have an entire squad that can do that for you right p rod i was like jeez dude putting it all out there for him so it's so good so good to see him you know healthy for one killing it and i was like damn paul do you even age where's my credit card at I think the only SBs I could pull off are the Heritage Volk or the Charge Canvas. I looked at both. You know, I looked up online before I jumped on the mic here. All the other ones just would just look silly on me. So you know, who knows? Maybe I'll give them a shot this year. I just won't be purchasing any dunks soon. You know, because I, I like to buy shoes that you can just buy. You know, like whenever you want to go buy them with your money. You know, like you just walk in, you tell the sales rep your preference, your size, they go to the back room, they bring them out to you, you buy them. Or maybe, just maybe, you grab them from the shelf yourself and you walk them to the cashier. Or or maybe even better yet, you simply click on them and add them to your virtual cart, you know, buying shoes instead of winning them. I know I'm going off on a little bit of a tangent here, but I just had to get that off my chest, you know? There, okay, it's gone, moving forward, so... Well, actually, part of the reason why Vans will always be my go-to shoe is because they're always there for me. No raffle. No crazy bot software needed. Always there for me when I want to buy them with money. It's a very interesting concept, I know, but eventually Nike will catch on. They will. Get a water break, please. You ever have one of those songs stuck in your head that if you mention out loud you know you'd piss off a bunch of people because it'd get stuck in their head? Yeah, I've got one of those in my head right now. And I'm not gonna mention it. So you're welcome. But it's it's tough recording when you have that in your head. And yeah. So Anyway, next up. I must say it was nice to see some legit contest action go down over the weekend. That's right. The Dew Tour made its way to the brand new, officially now the largest in the nation, pre-graffitied up skate park in Des Moines, Iowa. The park looks amazing. It has great obstacles, great scenery. It got the water behind, the nice backdrop. It's it's open. It's spread out. It's wide. It's awesome. And as Liz Lemon would say, I want to go to there. Me too, Liz. Me too. So I can't wait to hear about it because I know the Skatosis crew, they're heading down there next week. Can't wait to hear Aaron and Drew's journey to that new skate park. Going to be very, very cool to hear what they think because I might have to make a trip back. Who knows? As long as they don't have thunder and lightning and rain and all that stuff that you guys apparently get all, all year long, which is crazy. But anyway, as excited as I was, you know, to finally see... The best skaters on the planet compete for points to help them, you know, on their journey to the Olympics in Tokyo. I forgot how much footage is provided and needed to watch it all. I mean, when it was all said and done, was there like, what, 50 hours of footage with all the rain delays? And I I, I couldn't keep up. And I tried to keep up with what I could, but it was my kid's birthday this weekend. So, you know, pretty much Saturday was done. We had the party. My son had a soccer game on Sunday, and it was in Pacifica. So, about an hour commute each way from from here. So, I had to settle for some highlights and some IG clips. And I did watch some stuff, but not all of it, not the 50 hours or wherever it was. But looking at the results now, it's, you know, no surprise that Nigel and Zion both won, but it was really cool. To see, you know, Zion rocking that Red Bull helmet though. That was a highlight for me. More of that, please. <laughs> More of that. I'd also pay a few bucks to see Nija like don a monster helmet one day. Just once. Maybe he did back in the day when he was younger. But how hilarious would it be to see that? And I know dudes don't wear helmets in the street or on street courses unless they're like under 18. But seeing Zion in you know wearing one it got me thinking like adult niger you know like a big ass monster helmet like you know lord helmets you know uh from space balls like that big dark helmet i should say it could happen <laughs> like i said i got at least two bucks in on it if you guys want to chip in let's let's make it have, happen but how fired up was zion it's kind of a rhetorical question but obviously he won But he brought, like, the Red Bull energy to the entire event, both on the course and off. Like, he was just clapping, just pumping everyone up. Like, you could feel his energy through the screen. So, look out, world. Zion is coming. And all I have to say is, if you're anti-contest, like, anti-Olympic still, maybe give just, just Zion's winning run, like a gander, and see if he changes your mind. That's what it's all about. Look at the passion in his eyes. Look at how fired up he is on the course and off the course. And look how excited he is to be representing his country for the entire world to see. That's why I love contest skating. Especially a big one like the Olympics coming up. That right there. I'll be sure to link the video of that, his run, in the show notes. Check it out. Like I said, just one. If that, if you're on the fence, you're like, I don't know, Rick. I kind of want to like contest, but I then I don't. That one might help you So check it out. I got, I'm got. i trying to help you out. So that's the best as I can do. Pamela Rosa and Sakura Yosozumi won the women's events. So even Sakura got emotional too. She killed it. Killed it. And there was a, a moment after she won or basically was going to win because a couple of riders had to finish their runs. She was typing up probably on her IG or something, not in the moment. And her mom kind of snatched her phone from her hand to so just kind of keep her present. To take it all in. Look, you got you can text, you know, whomever that is later. But that was a cool moment. It's like, whoo, the mom's like, she was on the jumbo screen. Oh, snap. Take that about, take that out of your hand. Tia Pearl got first place in the adaptive street final. And I was bummed. Very actually frustrated. As I could not find any footage of it anywhere. And I wanted to watch the whole thing. I looked at a bunch of the videos on YouTube. I mean, they were very thorough. Uh, The the detour, uh, they had the highlights. They had the full contest, like nine, 10, 11 hours per video, but nothing. So like I said, I watched tons of the hours. I mean, I skimmed through to find it. I couldn't find Tia Pearl's footage. So if they could just make it a little bit easier in like sorting through all of that copious amounts of footage, that would be great. That'd be awesome. But, on a side note, too, if there is footage out there of the women's adaptive contest, please send it my way. I don't know how I missed it. I, I seriously was looking hardcore for it. I, I couldn't find it. Maybe I was just tired. Like I said, it was a long weekend. I don't know. But it'd be cool to see those. If you guys have seen it and have it, please send it my way. That'd be awesome. But I did watch all of the men's adaptive, though. And that did not disappoint. It was so, especially coming off last week, you know, I was bitching about how, just i had a rough week skating and and i was like damn you know ever have those weeks where you just feel you suck this was very inspiring this is this is another thing i needed to see as well and even on my i kept thinking like even on my worst days on a board it's nothing compared to what some of these riders have had to overcome and still continue to overcome on a day-to-day basis a session per session basis so cool i mean you had Blind riders, of course, Dan Mancia, you had, you know, riders that were deaf. You had guys in wheelchairs. You had all the, oh, the whole gamut. And it was so inspiring. So damn inspiring. And even having to adjust or not, I guess, depends on your, what, you know, you, how your body is, to slamming looks so challenges, <laughs> challenging. You know what I mean? Because if you only have like one arm or half of arm, that's going to affect your slam. So I'm just things like that just got me thinking like damn. So inspiring, so cool. I know I'll continue to get caught up on all the footage from this event, you know, maybe eventually get through it all. But if you haven't seen any of it yet and you ask me, hey Rick, you know what? I don't want to watch 50 hours or whatever it is of it. What do you recommend? I'd just say watch the adaptive events. Adaptive events is where it's at. Just start there cuz they were amazing. Very good. It was great skating great trick selections. That's all I gotta say start with there and and I know what you're thinking you're probably thinking too right now. you know that's great and all but you haven't mentioned who won the men's adaptive street in Park Finals yet. did you forget? No, I did not forget. actually, I know I mentioned this a couple episodes back that I hoped I'd never ever have to bring back my new segment but I guess it has to be done. With that being said, Felipe Nunez. What the hell were you thinking? You can't win both street and park events. You can't do that, Felipe. No. No, no, no. That's not fair, man. Everyone gets orange slices and ho-hos. Everyone gets a trophy. These are the rules, man. I don't make them up. You can't just straight dominate like that. That's not cool. Not cool. It's like... And that's what I was saying, like, what in the hell were you thinking? Save some space on the podium for others next time, okay? Felipe straight killed it. Bravo, Felipe. Bravo. (sighs) Yeah, you know I love you, Felipe. Yeah. So He's officially the man to beat from here on out. I'm shrugging. Good luck to all the other adaptive riders, although you guys are very, guys and gals, you're very inspiring, but it's going to be a while until you can take this guy down. So, just practice. Keep practicing every day. Hell, he might even have aspirations of taking on men's adaptive vert. It could happen. He's already done the adaptive loop. The man's on fire, and he's only just getting started. That's what's scary. That's why I wanted to point it out. He's only just getting started so very insane well done Felipe that like I said watch the adaptive all the contests if you can but the adaptive street and park that's where it's at watch it watch it watch it so the next Olympic qualifying event will go down in Rome that's on May 31st to June 6th needless to say I can't wait let me know your thoughts and finally this sec- next segment is inspired by the crazy play in and play offs that went down in the NBA last week. Don't worry, it's gonna go into like it's gonna tie into skateboarding towards the end. So don't worry and just freak out that you think I'm just talking all about sports for now, okay? And yes, of course, the Golden State Warriors were eliminated. That one stung a little. Well, it stung twice because they lost to the Lakers. They were still in it as what a, I think they were seven seed, but then lost to the Grizzlies. So, you know, double whammy. Thanks for coming. But that's fine. It's all good. I mean, they'll be back with Clay next year and we'll see how it goes. Okay. I, I can hear, I can read your thoughts right now. So now they got that out of the way. I wanted to talk about like shift to LeBron James for a moment here. He had such a strange week. I mean, he's been known to do some, how best do I say it, alleged acting during his games and i'm not talking like space jam 2 type acting more specifically his acting on the court he's been known to do this has been known for years you know he has a nickname which i'm gonna get to in a sec but keep in mind i was thinking about this and i probably wouldn't have talked about today until i saw the word la flop trending on twitter so that's his whose nickname it's been for a while now I was like, all right. So I was curious to see what he had done. Now I'm like, oh great, and clicked on the link. And as I mentioned, just days before, he put on his rocky hat with the the whole "I saw three baskets out there." You know, shoot the one for the one in the middle was the joke for a couple of days. You know, we played Golden State. He got poked in the eyes slash face area, and yeah, he he claims it was very rough. I'm not going to say it didn't happen, but he saw three baskets. So anyway, but. When I saw what he did to the Suns, I almost fell off my chair. I almost flopped <laughs> onto the floor. And if you follow the NBA, you probably know where I'm going with this. But I'll paint the picture for you, if in case you don't. There was a moment during the Phoenix Suns game when LeBron was charging towards the basket. Okay, he's six foot nine, about 250 pounds, against Chris Paul, who's only about six foot, maybe 180 pounds. Okay, when they collided, CP3's arm. "Quote unquote," got tangled. He basically pulled LeBron's left arm down. It was obvious; you can see it. But they collided. He pulled his arm down, and from the looks of it, you would have thought like LeBron was going down like Apollo Creed—like no joke. Per LeBron's reaction, I thought he was done. I kept thinking about his family, all the kids he has. The you know he wants to become a like work in Hollywood as a movie producer. And much like in the UFC, when someone dies in the ring, I thought we were going to witness a death on the court last night. It was insane. I almost had to look away. But, spoiler alert, he was just fine. He got back up, actually, via CP3. And it's interesting, like, Chris Paul was probably testing his shoulder, his arm to see if he was like, Hey, I'll, I'll lift you up, buddy. Come here. Here's my hand. And there was a scuffle after both teams were kind of fighting. And it was, you know, as I said, LaFlop started trending on Twitter. So that was why. Okay, so now you get the whole backstory on it. So remember, I don't, I didn't make up this hashtag, but I, I thought it was hilarious to see again. I'm like, oh boy, here we go again. But much like when I talked about cheating in sports and how there's no cheating in skateboarding, that was episode 51, if you want to circle back and listen. I feel the same way about flopping flopping is so lame is it necessary maybe i mean i guess if you don't know what flopping is it's basically faking or greatly exaggerating an injury to get you know either sympathy or get a call or something from the ref or get a call against some against another team okay it's a tactic that tactic that's been used for decades it's well-known, especially for soccer. They're notorious for it, especially during the World Cup. Dudes flop around like fish out of water. It looks like they're in complete agony. And then seconds later, they hop right back up like nothing happened. You know, like gaslighting everyone. And my son plays soccer, as I mentioned. And I've already told him, don't you ever, ever, don't you ever, ever, ever flop. Never, ever, ever. Even if the coach tells him to or tells him, say, hey, you're going to flop, you know, because I don't know if this is taught or if it's like an unwritten thing, like you just, you, you it's a tactic. But I told him, I will always call you out on that. Don't ever flop. Play the game legit. Be serious. Don't try and fool us because it's bad. Flopping's that bad. But back to my point and inspiration for this segment as to why skateboarding is still the best damn sport on the planet. It's because there's no flopping. At least none that I could think of. Nothing comes to mind. I hope you're thinking the same thing. Like, huh, can I think of an equivalent of flopping and skateboarding? Can we compare the two? I, I still can't come up with any. There's no Paul Pierce moments in skateboarding, right? Can you come up with any? That's my question. Because if so, I'm, I'll definitely talk about it next week or upcoming epi- episodes, depending on when you chime in. But that's the thing. We all fall down. We blame ourselves, we get frustrated with ourselves, we pick ourselves back up and do another attempt. No need to get like sympathy points from refs or attempt to make other players look bad or other skaters look bad. We don't have that and that's what's amazing. Those who follow sports know you can come up with at least a dozen, a dozen different examples of flops right off the top of your head. It's funny and scary, right? Because it's a tactic. It's been known for years. But it's accepted for most people. From you know, Most people are like, ah, you know, it's part of the game. I think it's lame. But it's not in skateboarding. And that's awesome. We are all involved and love the best damn physical activity on the planet. Hands down. Mic drop. Boom. Cue up. We are the champions. And in Tom Hanks' voice. There's no flopping in skateboarding. Thanks for tuning in this week.